All right, so this is the first real episode proper where we're going to actually cover something we watched. Of yeah, season we're going to cover some of the scouting, the scouting shows that we've been looking at. Which, I mean, I think we kind of decided we're really going to cover one of them because what I did was I looked at Eat Man as a candidate, but it wasn't <laughs> like something we had decided to watch. The thing we decided to watch right. was Saint Seiya. Yes. Which that selection was kind of just, you know, flying by the seat of our pants where it's like, well, we scattered all this stuff. Uh, none of it really jumps out to us as like maybe something that's in the genre of belt, which we would like to find. But right. I mean, at this point, I'm starting to think. I'm starting to think the genre of belt might have almost been discovered. Mm-hmm. Like. It it is. It's almost like everything that I was drawn to in the past was the sum of that genre, because everything I look at that could be similar, it's always like, ah, no, this this isn't it. This isn't that exactly. So what I think is going to happen is the podcast (laughs) we're going to have to cover. Gurren Lagann and Kill a Kill at some point. And I think I said yeah, just that we get the the finger to the pulse. Yeah. And kind of just truth to power on like those two. And then we'll basically mm-hmm. be done talking about that as a genre, which I don't know if you remember the original intent of Spiral Hour was not to just look for shows in that genre. It was to basically just have an excuse for you and me to talk about anime. So I think it'll it'll eventually it it will uh, uh, the muscle will relax and it'll go back Mm -hmm. into that because I really wanted to find more stuff like Gurren Lagann because that was another thing that I just wanted an excuse for. Uh, But yeah, I don't know if Saint Seiya is going to be in that genre. But I want to get your reaction to it. It has some one. Okay. I I never really grew up watching 80s anime. Neither did I. It didn't exist like yet. <laughs> right, right. Um, but there is something so nostalgic to me <laughs> just about the whole aesthetic of the show. Like the music, the the art style, the animation, the voice Dude, acting, that, everything. That intro song. It's yeah. so good. What a, what a banger. <laughs> like it's I mean it's it's hair metal, but it like it reminds mm-hmm. me of um there's the Japanese version of the intro to the X-Men cartoon that is the yes. best intro ever. And yes, it, it, I've heard it. It's similar to that. I like how America <laughs> just like around the same time that went viral over here and we were like We thought we liked ours, but whoa, that is way better. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, the Uh, the whole like, I'm like, oh, God, I'm just (laughs) how can you not love this? Yeah. And then the the outro song as well. Like everything is just so good. Uh, It's perfect. (laughs) It's so well, I guess it's like it's it's comfortable in its own skin. Mm, Saint mm -hmm. Saint is. And uh, it's almost like it's that way in a way I am not used to anymore. Like, yeah. anytime I see something like 
Promera Killakill, those being like sort of recent examples, although Killakill really isn't recent. But um, not at this oh, point. Oh. But yeah. No, you're right. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, when, when I look at the recent ones, I have to like compartmentalize that as this is because this is coming from these people who I know don't have a don't have a uh, an ironic bone in their body. And it's right. like that is their brand. That is what like defines them as separate from everyone else. Because yeah. everything else that comes out is at least swimming around in the soup of irony that everything else exists in. Yeah. But th- yeah, there's there's no everything that I've consumed, especially that has to do with an 80s feel. Yeah, uh, it's never genuine about it. It's always like it's, uh, it's a reference or something. Yeah, it's either it's poking fun at it. It's like a send up, but it's never mm-hmm. it never means it. Like when things reference the 80s, they don't they don't mean it. Mm hmm. Whereas, I mean, even stuff that that's like probably would go the furthest in its sincerity. Like, I don't know, the Expendables, where it even like has those, <laughs> yeah. it even has those same actors and stuff. Right. It still, unfortunately, exists in this soup of irony where it's like, well, we're only, supp- it's like the people watching this are only going to be enjoying it ironically. So we actually right. can't and, just enjoy what we're doing. Yeah, and it's like the um it's like the the when like Schwarzenegger was like, You've been back enough or no, no, it was uh Willis that said, You've been back enough, I'll be back yeah. or something yeah, like that. that. The it's like everything too. has that kind of feel. Right, and that was the expendables too, which had to go even further in the ironic <laughs> direction. That's true. That's true. But I need to watch those movies again. Yeah, those are fun. But like the, the second one, it's uh, the second one's like more extreme in both directions. It's like there there's mm-hmm. some scenes that are definitely way more just there to be comedically in, in on the joke, where mm-hmm. there are some that are that probably come the closest to not being a part of the joke at all. Like like the part where. Uh, Barney starts legitimately like defeating Jean-Claude Van Damme's character. I think his name was Valon, but like he, he likes he like starts to get the upper hand in the fight and the music swells and it's like you're actually being allowed to enjoy it without there being any irony, but it's only fleeting. And then you get the Expendables yeah. 3 which is 100% irony from start to finish and as a result is is the worst one by a considerable yes, margin. I always I always, when I think of the Expendables, I just think of one and two. I almost always skip three. Yeah, because uh, three had the Antonio Banderas character, which unfortunately was forced to be a joke while on paper being really cool and fun. And it was like, dang it. I forgot he was in that. Yeah, Galgo was the name of his character. But yeah, uh, he was also in another movie recently, which was uh, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which I saw in theaters for some reason. Don't do that. Don't. Uh, is it not good? Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, it is not. You want to talk about drowning in the soup of irony? Oh, dang. And it's a comedy. 
it was almost like it was being ironic about being a comedy. It's it's horrible. <laughs> it was I I don't know what else to say. Like it was just horrible. Yeah. There was one good good joke, and uh, I'm gonna ruin it because anything to make someone less likely to watch it is great. But <laughs> like even the the joke out of co- the context of the movie is still funny because it was that genuinely as funny of a joke. But mm-hmm. they they eventually have to go to Ryan Reynolds' character's dad's house because they're like laying low, they're having to hide, and, they, and he's like, I don't want to do this, but. I know a place we can go. So they go to his dad's Mm -hmm. house and he's like, has this scene where he's like dramatically apologizing about like being a disappointment and whatever. And his dad's like in the shadows. And then his dad comes out of the shadows and it's Morgan Freeman. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And that's, that's a good, that's a good moment. (laughs) And Sam Jackson is just like, what? (laughs) <laughs> like like looking at him and looking at Morgan Freeman and he's like what were you going to tell me your dad was black and he's like what what does it matter <laughs> but yeah uh, okay. other than that All it right. sucked that's, that's good that's good but yeah anyway so Saint Seiya is obviously not a reference to the 80s. Saint Seiya is the 80s. It was in the right. 80s and it's there unironically and it is comfortable on its own skin. Yeah. And it's almost it was like 86, right? Yeah. Like it's right in yeah. the thick of it, man. Like you don't uh-huh. you really don't get more 80s than like the middle of it. Like mid right. It's funny. <laughs> mid 90s is not the most 90s you can get. It's almost like 98 and 99 is the most 90s yeah. you can get because mid 90s was really it still had a, a fall off from the 80s yeah and then there's a very <clears throat> clear line like the the, the line the exists in bill and ted really huh oh, oh oh you're talking about versus the aughts yeah go ahead yeah yeah it was like the aughts are very different but the late 90s are like that's where most of your nostalgia 90s are i think the like uh, the the most defined version or the most d- defining I'm sorry let's see what I'm trying to say here the clearest line of division between the 90s and the aughts can be seen in hip hop because mm, hip hop mm-hmm. stopped being 90s the second it stopped being the 90s and it went like right. hard into aughts which was completely different like it was mm-hmm. like as the decade turned over which i mean it's almost like even the people that were still famous in both mm-hmm. stopped doing the thing they were once famous for and were now famous for this. Like uh, 90s outcast and aughts outcast have almost nothing in common. Oh, man. But yeah, oh, that's weird. I did. I don't think I ever made that that uh, that connection. That's interesting. If you go to um, <clears throat> 98 for like animation, mm-hmm. 98 animation is the most 90s you can get because 98 animation is like the only thing that it's the only time we didn't have anything that was proto aughts while also not having any late 80s. Like it was it was yeah. finally done. 
And 80s, 80s has a style when it comes to animation. Oh, yes. Uh, it has a style when it comes to, like, writing, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, the way the script goes in uh, Saint Seiya, it's, there's really nothing like it. And uh, yeah, I, just to give people an you... example of a 98 anime, Cowboy Bebop, mm-hmm. there's nothing yep. 80s about it. And it's there's also nothing aughts about it, but like that's ninety eight. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, what you were saying? <clears throat> um, how do you how do you feel about the pacing of Saint Seiya so far? I mean, we've only we've only watched the first three episodes. I would say um, it's different, but it's surprising that it's so fast in some regards. Yeah. Okay. Like, so we're, we're about went, on the same page then. Yeah. Origin story is episode one. Episode two is the beginning of the tournament arc. Right. <laughs> just like, like, just like that. <laughs> the first episode, I was like, I, I, after after it went to the credits, I was kind of just in shock. I was like, <laughs> I just got everything I need for the beginning of the story, and it was yep. it was episode one. And uh, it, yep. it, first of all, it was really well directed, too. Mm-hmm. And it felt how do I say this? I don't want to say felt classical because that makes it seem old. But it it really it did like it, it felt like. It was like, yeah, this is a convincing. Mm. Yeah, if it, it kind of felt like Herculean, like, I mean, not to I mean, he's friggin fighting in greece with this grecian dude it, it maybe that's me, what it was it felt it felt like a grecian <clears throat> legend yeah which is i mean that's his that's pretty classical <laughs> to be fair <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh so yeah it was it was like the setting a lot of the language that's dropped mm-hmm. because uh, I mean, though it is in greece this is not greek mythology it is not any specific mythology it kind of goes all over the place which i i have actually heard about when it comes to saint (laughs) Seiya. okay see i i hadn't heard about that i was just like what is this (laughs) saint Seiya? they got cool looking (laughs) armor that was my only like that was that was all i knew about it before going into it but watching the episode one i was like if i don't let myself get distracted by lore i enjoy this greatly because all of the little things about lore, it was okay. It's almost like if you just change the names that they're using, mm-hmm. it would be far less back of my brain distracting where it's like, what? <laughs> what are they talking about? It's like, you are a saint now. Which one? Pegasus. <laughs> That's your constellation. It's my what? <laughs> <laughs> at every level it's just like it, it's pulling the rug out from under you like a meme but it, it's almost it doesn't come off as it's trying to do that it comes off as oh i don't know <laughs> because it's japanese so it's almost like i got this off the wikipedia page however wikipedia did not exist yet so it's it's really a game of telephone they're playing also i love that the coliseum is just in japan the Colosseum was in Japan. Yeah. Oh, oh no! Yeah, it was like they built a new Colosseum 
but in it Japan. looks exactly like the dilapidated Colosseum that's right. in Italy. Well, I mean, but why would you build it like it was brand new? It wouldn't look right. <laughs> How would anyone know what it is? Be like, oh, what is this? A baseball stadium? It's like, no, it's broken on one side. Oh, it's a Colosseum. <laughs> I like to the guy from Greece just looked like a mutant. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, he's definitely Greece. One of yeah, he's Grecian Grecian. blood. <laughs> it's like, yeah, here's this brown ogre <laughs> with reptilian eyes. It's like, all right, Japan. All right. We get it. You ain't seen a lot of Grecian people. When you see them, it's like, whoa, that's not Japanese. <laughs> also, that I'm surprised really he wasn't long... just sentient body hair. Like, I'm surprised he wasn't just he wasn't just made of hair. The the um, gosh, the uh, the scene where Hyoga is like underwater praying next to his drowned mother was she drowned or is it like a Mr. Freeze situation? I have she's no like, idea. I think she's like in stasis or something. But what's fun is that it doesn't over explain this crap. I did it's notice true. that yeah. and I liked that. I was like, oh, we're just this is we're to, we, we have a story to tell. We can't get bogged down in lore, which is something right. I think people miss. Like, yeah, it's important to have a a a a. What do you say? I I mean, I don't want to say Bible because that's kind of sacrilegious, but have a document, <laughs> a, a document that has all of the rules of your universe on hand while you're mm -hmm. writing your story. But that isn't your story. Your right. world design document. It's like this is what I this is why I hate D&D, &D. not because it wasn't fun <laughs> and I felt stupid trying to play it. But <laughs> clearly that isn't the reason you got because some hurts, you got to get off your chest. <laughs> that would just that's just it's cl I'm clearly not the problem. That's all I know. <laughs> but what I dislike about, I guess, the um, the way that fantasy storytelling changed after mm -hmm. D&D happened, which was. I don't know if it happened earlier, but it seemed like D&D &D was at its. Uh, like it hit a fever pitch in mainstream around the 80s. So yeah, 80s media so was not yet affected by it. But after the fact, it feels like fantasy things, their story ends up being the D&D &D manual, where it's like we're just explaining the different bits of this lore and explaining the races and explaining how magic works. And it's like, okay, that but that's not a story. Like, yeah, that, that isn't what that that isn't. The reason any of this exists, which <clears throat> I guess that's my own worldview creeping into it, where it's like, yes, OK, science is great. It gives me a small little refrigerator to keep Diet Cokes, but I don't care about that. That's not the yeah. most important thing. That's not why that doesn't make me feel alive. Having yeah, a little refrigerator doesn't make me feel alive. And I mean, like that, that kind of explains part of my frustration with the direction that uh, part of my frustration with the direction that Star Wars has taken, where it's like, Good they grief. Want as, as soon as you said frustration, I thought of Star Wars. Yeah, because it's like they I mean, the Star Wars solo story. They they wanted to 
explain every little detail about Han Solo's origin. And it was just a roller coaster ride or more like a backlot tour of this is how he got <laughs> yes. this. It's like, That's I don't need the explanation for the lore. The lore is, is there to be in the background. That is the perfect explanation is it was a backlot tour. That's yeah. what the whole solo film was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what there is no backlot tour in Saint Seiya, at least in yeah, these first no. three episodes. Now, you, you get the uh, the mesh when you get to the 90s, you get mm-hmm. the the unholy combination, which is actually still better than the pure lore drop. But if you go to Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball will will just stop for a minute. It'll just stop the story for a lore drop before getting back to the story. And I think it would it. It would just be better if it let the lore speak for itself. It's like show don't tell. Yeah. But also don't show the things that are just telling us things, which sounds like it doesn't make any sense. But like, I don't I don't care. Lord of the Rings did the whole scene where the orcs are burning the the trees and the ant wives and stuff correctly mm-hmm. because it's a flyover shot. That's all we needed. Yeah. It's look at what they're doing. All right. Moving on back to the story. We only showed you that as much as was needed for the story. Everything has to serve the story. Not you don't write the story to serve the lore, which is the backwards way that everything seems to be after D&D got popular. I'm not blaming D&D. Maybe D&D becoming popular was because of something else. But um. I like how Saint Seiya is not concerned with its lore as much as it is concerned with its story. Right. Because what I get from the whole yoga thing is he is still doing this for his mother, his Mm -hmm. mother who is, I don't know if she's like trapped between if she's like in purgatory, which I mean, she could be, they might be rolling some Catholicism in here. They're rolling everything else into there. Like, I don't know if it's, She's in some kind of, uh, uh, what, what's it called? A catatonic state. She's in a coma. Yeah. It's <laughs> or so, something. It, it, it may be like that. I, I assumed that she was dead just because, you know, she's underwater. Like, and so <laughs> I feel like she would have decayed. Water yeah. doesn't preserve you. That's true. In fact, quite the opposite. If you seem but cast it is away. an anime and it's cold water. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> but it's not ice, but it is cold water. I guess it would preserve more than some hot water. Yeah, I don't know. I, I Maybe it is like a Mr. Freeze situation. I, I It's almost like, uh, I mean, it could go in any direction. That's actually not what I care about. What I do care about is that I like yoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they did what they needed to do to give him like. Something to make him likable, something to make him seem human, and then they immediately put him into conflict. Yeah, and it's like the pacing that where it's like they're immediately they're put in a situation where you can see what they're made of, uh, especially with like Saya. That's like, yeah, we, we don't need you to like introduce his sister uh, so that we can know, oh, he's a caring guy. It's like, no, we've seen him like be honorable leading up to this moment 
Yeah. We've also seen him being competent. Mm-hmm. Uh, competent, but not uh, overpowered. Right. Like, he gets in the fight with a Greek dude, and it, he's not just competent, he's also kind of cool, because the Greek dude says, I'm going to take your ear off first. So the first thing he does is take the Greek dude's ear off. Right. And he's like, he's like, oh, you took my ear, and it's like, okay, I mean, yeah. <laughs> You're going to take mine. It's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so uh also the, like you're introduced with him in a fight mm-hmm. which I, I don't think you get better pacing than that and the fight was important it wasn't just the beginning of age of ultron where it's like this is a fight that i don't even remember if it mattered there was just this big action scene with all the avengers participating and it's like it, like it Who's mattered this? in background events. It didn't matter in the context of the story. Yeah, I know. I mean, I mean, this would. <clears throat> I I I like starting things with action. I think you mm-hmm. should do that if you are in the action genre, yes. because the the primary way you're going to tell your story is through action, which is a a. I would say that's better for visual mediums because that Mm -hmm. forces you to show more than you tell. I mean, unless you're doing dragon ball and you're stopping to talk throughout the action, but that's neither here nor there. This is kind of a situation where you're starting with action and you're starting the story at the same time. It isn't Mm -hmm. here's some action. So you aren't going to be too bothered when for the next 20 minutes, we do nothing but talk and exposit. Right. Like the exposition was the fight was him earning the cloth. And then and it once told again, us all the way needed to know. Right. And, and then when they come after him in the night, it's like this isn't just an action here or, or this isn't just an action scene to keep things interesting. It's a, it's another big moment where it's like he's going to have to leave or they're not going to yeah. stop. Where it's like, you know, he he had his victory. He's trying to relax a little bit, but then they're just going to come take it from him. Like they they don't care that he won it fair and square. They're going to just steal it. Yeah. And the scene, which is him learning how to use the cloth and like it not being easy, but him clearly being competent where it's like, yeah, there's a reason that he was chosen. Mm -hmm. He just doesn't quite know how to use it yet. But like, I like how he was like, uh, it's no use. I can't convince myself to go or uh, to go all out on a woman or something like that. Yeah. So then all of the like the goon squad decided, oh, here's our moment to attack us all being men. This sure <laughs> won't motivate him to overcome his issues with going all out. Like they all start kicking on him and then he just immediately goes to his ultimate move and destroys all of them. And he's like, I see. <laughs> like if they hadn't, if they just hadn't shown up, he would have just continued having problems that each man does not have. And no. uh, <laughs> not and not attack. I can't remember her name. The chick with the green hair and the the viper strike. Oh gosh, oh, I can't remember her name either. I'm. I think it was funny how it was like viper themed, mm-hmm. and then it it reminded me or, or uh, not viper themed necessarily, but like venom themed. Mm-hmm. When it was electricity, that reminded me of a uh, Spider Verse. Like his oh, whole electricity yeah, thing is called yeah. a venom strike. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's a digression. But uh, 
yeah, the th- whole uh, like mask splitting thing and then mm-hmm. falling down and he was like oh that's what you looked like i always thought you'd have the face of a gorgon and then walks <laughs> off and it was like what a freaking chad <laughs> <laughs> say his full-on alpha baby <laughs> and it's also, like th- the the line uh it's actually like a battle cry but i unfortunately i didn't write it down but the um the making the universe within yourself like experience a big bang like that oh yeah that was pretty cool i I was like that's not something i've heard before yeah and also the uh visualization of okay so you have this thing where you know some some nice old man at some point is going to tell you in the story that uh humans are all alike like humans aren't so different from one another and this is gonna you know the hero is gonna be able to understand that his enemy is only human mm-hmm. it's like you know he he may you know be this big threat but he he's human just like anyone else mm-hmm. this is the thing where it was like everything is just made out of the same stuff yep so you know if you can if you can break a rock you can break a face which i think that was already kind of you know it kind of goes without saying, but it was a way of saying it. Right. Also, that didn't waste time. Like, we just yeah. get that. You know, you know, what's funny is I remember that scene. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem like a scene I would remember. That seems like a scene that's in almost everything where it's like, yeah, yeah. OK, showing him train, showing him when he was weaker and now he's doing this thing. And oh, it also shows that he has exceptional potential. Like, I've seen that scene a million, billion times. Right. In all kinds of other things. But for some reason, I remembered that one. And I think it was because it was short. (laughs) Like, it was actually to the point. Yeah, I was like, that was actually the only moment that we needed. It was the highlight. Yeah, it's kind of like, have you seen Spider-Man 1 recently? Like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man? I have not. It has been a long time since I've seen that one. You know what's funny is that the constant reboots make it to where the originals get to kind of, uh, how would you say? They get to age in the background because hmm. people aren't talking about them. They're talking about the reboot. If the reboot isn't, you know, just completely horrible and people right. are like, I oh, go back to the old one. Like the Robocop didn't get to age at all because of that reboot. Like right. people, first of all, the people who were dumb enough to go see it to begin with were like, okay, well, back to the original but right. uh in the case of the original spider-man you go back to that and it feels like it's lifetimes ago it's like wow i forgot just how old this is like it was on film yeah i'm thinking of like the specific scene that i'm thinking of is when um peter parker like catches all the things on the lunch tray yeah and like how they did that on camera which is pretty incredible yeah well and and what i was gonna say is a lot of what you remember from that movie is before he like was Mm spider-man it was a lot of like you know the 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 build-up to that yep that's not much of the movie at all like he becomes spider-man pretty early like he's got the new suit and everything huh Pretty like I'd say before the halfway point. 
Interesting, because, yeah, like, the parts that I remember are when he's, you know, testing out the different hand uh, gestures, when he's crawling up the wall for the first time, the flash fight scene, the lunchroom, the glasses scene. The fight with Bonesaw. Huh? The fight with Bonesaw. Yeah. He's got the the first suit. Yeah. And they're kind of like, that's parallel with uh, Norman Osborn's origin story. About the same time. Mm. So the, the, that movie structure is brilliant. It's really well done. Really well paced. I need to go uh, back and watch it. I need to watch it again. Looking back, I, I think I, I've changed my mind. Like I, I think Spider-Man 1 is better than Spider-Man 2. <gasps> it's just that Spider-Man 2 shouldn't have been that good mm. at all. Yeah. And Alfred and Molina, like that Doc Ock is the best it's ever going to be. Mm-hmm. It was so complete. Like you could see with Green Goblin, it's like, I mean, you could maybe do this again. It won't be the same. It probably won't be as good, but you could maybe do it it again. It was very much this is a Willem Dafoe character. Yes, and Willem Dafoe, man. <laughs> <clears throat> he's also not necessarily definitive Green Goblin because he's definitely definitively Willem Dafoe right but you get to Alfred Molina and it's like Alfred Molina he can do something you know he can do other things right you know he he could be not Doc Ock in something else he's less of a character actor I think he is a character actor but he's less so than Willem Dafoe and uh and Willem Dafoe is a character actor for Willem Dafoe Willem Dafoe is a character actor like like he's like the first one my brain goes to when I think of such a thing like Marlon Brando is a character actor. Mm, mm-hmm. He was like, he, he was kind of like one of the first examples, you know, that whole, the whole thing with the Godfather with him stuffing mothballs in his mouth. It's really, it's like, yeah, that the, he's kind of weird, but it makes it to where that stuff's like, it sticks in your head. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, Willem Dafoe just has gone completely over that. I mean, the lighthouse, this I is like beyond. Still have not seen it. I need to watch it. You keep yeah. recommending it to me. Yeah, I'm gonna keep doing that. It's still amazing. It's still incredible. <clears throat> uh, but anyway, another big digression. Back to uh, Saint Seiya. Yeah, I think the first episode is really tight. Mm-hmm. Like it, everything that gets revealed in episode two. As like, you know, these are like these here. Here's some goals for the character. It was totally divorced from the origin story, more yeah. or less. Like the origin story totally works on its own and it's over by episode one, which was just like, man, I mean, it's almost like y- y'all feel like you need to get somewhere. Yeah, there's a there's an urgency. Compare that to, I don't know, Naruto. Where like it feels like the origin story was the entire first era before they like aged them up the first time. It's like mm. that was the origin story and it took way too long. Mm. That was like making Naruto kind of dense was the way of making it to where these events just refused to define him. Yeah. Like he's having all of these these sense. big conflicts, but because he's so dense, it isn't changing him yet. Right. He's just 
being Naruto. That's rather frustrating. Whereas if this had the pa- if it had the pacing of Saint Seiya, then the fight with Zabaza would have been the end. But even then, that took like I don't know thirty episodes to Wait, get through. Wasn't that in? Uh, didn't we watch the fight with Zabaza? Was that the one at the bridge? Or not at the yeah. bridge? Okay, yeah. Um, uh, and remember that took like three episodes of Naruto Kai. Yeah, which are about wow. an hour and a half long each. It's like, and that trims a lot. <laughs> yeah, Saint Seiya gets the him earning the cloth, him like having to leave Greece hastily because they're they're they keep coming after him. But like, he was able to prove that he was worthy of it and mm-hmm. like use the special move for the first time. It's like, all right, cool. Also, it's like we got Seiya established. He gets his own full episode mm-hmm. as a character. Then. Episode two is sort of kind of about Hyoga. Yeah. But we don't spend as much time on him because he's not the main character. Yeah. Like he's just another one of the saints. So his origin story is even more like tightly paced. Cause it's like, well, I mean, he's not the most important. So let's just give him the cliff notes and we'll use imagery to make it stick. Yeah, and also like during <clears throat> that time we'll give you a little bit of exposition through the actions of the characters. Yeah, and also it's almost like these days mystery is not valued mm. very much. Mm. Like the bit about his mom, there's a bit of a mystery to it. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to me that I just like in the back of my head rationalized it in order to make it not important. But now that I think of it, I feel like that's intentional that we don't really know what's going on there. Yeah. And maybe, maybe we will learn and maybe we won't. This is just something in Hyoga's background. Yeah. One of my, um, uh, one of my friends from work, uh, or from my previous job now, um, he was he was telling he gave me an interesting insight, and he he said that he really enjoys reading uh, fan fiction with like I'm like all right, well to, to each their own I suppose, um, but he he said specifically for um, for things that he has not watched, like for media or shows that he hasn't seen he'll read the fan fiction for it and the reason that he does that is because i wish you could see my face yeah well right now <laughs> hold on <laughs> i'm sure you can imagine it so go ahead. but it, it's the idea that i'm getting to um, okay the reason that he does that is because the fan fiction that he's reading assumes that you've watched the show and so they're not going to explain a whole bunch of exposition from the show and so it cuts down on so much of the guesswork and to somebody who hasn't watched that show, it feels like it could be more standalone. No, I, I'm not going to, I'm not advocating for reading fan fiction because no, but that is interesting. Yeah. I think that's the best explanation you could have given. Cause I went from being disgusted at this human <laughs> to being like, Oh, he's got a point. 
<laughs> like that's really interesting and, and it kind of highlights like in my head i was like why would anyone ever <laughs> subject themselves to that but then after you explained it, it's like oh it's because we got so bad at the original content <laughs> yeah that the fan fiction has to be the patch notes right and the fan fiction, unfortunately, and sometimes very, most times very fortunately, is not <laughs> canon. So. Uh, so uh, here's the thing about canon. <laughs> Actually, no, I shouldn't do that. That's going to take way too long. <laughs> I'm in really thinking about canon. OK, but I, I, I might have to put a pin in that and talk about it later. In fact, I'm going to write that down. Conversation That's for something- a different time. Yeah, conversation for a different time. And maybe, maybe, no, no, yeah, yeah, it'll have to be for a different time. But uh, the thing we were talking about earlier about the whole, like, the lore document becoming the story. Mm -hmm. uh, So I don't know anything about, okay, and I'm going to say this word and it's going to mean a lot to a lot of, to to some people. Okay. I know nothing about Warhammer. Mm. Nothing about it. In fact, I didn't know that it was a board game and I'm sure everyone just cringed at me calling it that (laughs) because I don't know what it's called. Apparently you're not supposed to call it a board game, but I don't know. It's a board game to me, man. It's the same thing as monopoly, but like I didn't know it was a board game until this year, 2021. I thought it was D and D. I thought it was D and D or something like some kind of D and D like off brand D and D and had a lot of video games. That was all I knew about it. In fact, first I thought it was a video game. Mm-hmm. And then I found out, oh, it's like a tabletop thing. And I was like, OK. And then I heard that it's not quite tabletop <laughs> either. Like you have pieces that you like build and paint and stuff. And I'm like, man. I I, I feel like if I got into it, I would really get into it, but I'm not into it. Yeah. <laughs> but what I, I, I it was like third handly heard this where someone was like, Anyone can write for the Warhammer universe. Like all of the fan fiction could be canon because they have clearly defined published rules. Like they won't call it canon. Like they won't say this is official Warhammer 40K, but anyone could look at the rules. And as long as they don't break the rules, they can write whatever they want. And the rules are constricting enough to where any story you could write would work in universe. It, it wouldn't like, hmm. it wouldn't be hard to just dis- because Warhammer isn't character driven. Warhammer is lore driven. Yeah. And then it got me thinking, it's like, Oh, Warhammer is the semi more official version of SCP. Where SCP is completely not copyrighted, completely, these are just the rules, and anyone can write for it. And all of the most compelling ones will rise to the top. Right. And they're all canon. Sort. Sort of. As far as you can have a canon. Yeah. But it's like, it's a, it's a canon without an author. Whereas Warhammer has the original authors, and, you know, the the people that own the IP, per se. But because they have, like, clear rules anyone can write with it mm-hmm. versus what we go going on here with saint Seiya, where this is this is the kind of stuff i like 
yeah. or, or prefer that I'm drawn to where it's like, this is a creative. This is someone who knows everything. They've got it all in the back of their head, but they're going to slowly give you a story and nothing more. They have a point. Like they're vision. giving you the story. Yes. It's like, this is a place I'm going to. So I'm going to get it, get us there. And I'm only going to tell you what you need to know. And uh, I mean, it could turn out that they're just making it up as they go. But given how. How do I say this? Given how. I want to say high quality, but I'm not sure if that's correct. Given how effective, given how talented the storytelling seems to be. Okay. It's almost like, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. It's like. Yeah. You know, the the whole thing about, you know, you got specialists where it's like you would have a really good actor in a really bad movie. Right. Sure. But a really bad director can't be saved. Right. But if the director's really good, everything is good. Yeah. Because the director gets to decide what you see and what you don't see. So if something's bad, it's just not in the movie. Yeah, it's like, like a, it's uh, like upgrading your filter. Like the filter that takes everything to the people. Yes. And this shows direction above everything else is stellar. Mm -hmm. Like the, the choice of how long to hold on a shot and like where to do close ups and where to where to give the frame some space. It's like whoever did this is obsessive. With their craft or or they, they just came from heaven like this gift was this is just a God given gift just on high or yes, or they've obsessively crafted this. And it makes me think I'm like, OK, well, what did what was there to watch in Japan to like learn this at the time? Well, I mean, there was the stuff from like the 50s and onward. Mm hmm. It was almost it, like most of what existed as far as animation was Western. And it's funny how anime gets progressively more Japanese in its uh, like code the further you go back. But it also gets more Western in its execution. Yeah, there's there's a lot of similarities to Saint Seiya and like some of the older cartoons that I've watched from like from Western animation. Like, yeah, there's a lot of He-Man in there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, there's a lot of, uh, well, there, there's a lot of like Western fantasy as far as like the look, mm -hmm. like, uh, uh, I mean the animated Lord of the Rings films, animated yeah. Hobbit, Hobbit films and stuff like that. Yeah. The way things move in this, they feel more Western. Yeah. But then there's other stuff that feels more Japanese. Like, I mean, calling out what your move, what your move is. Right. Like saying your move's name. They doing a lot of that in this. I was hoping for the lightning kick, <clears throat> but man. The lightning kick did not exist yet, I don't think. Oh, yeah. What? what, what? Also, if it did, it existed at around the same time. That was Gunbuster. Yeah, what year was that? Let me check because I can't remember off the top of my head. Gunbuster. I feel like it was like late 80s. You are correct. It was 88. Okay. It ran to 89. 
Yeah, you look at uh, Gunbuster mm-hmm. and Cowboy Bebop, worlds apart. Yeah. Like that that 10 year difference is so definitive. Uh going back to the um decades sort of conversation. Mm-hmm. I think we're st- as far as um anime, we're still in the teens. We haven't transitioned into what the 20s look like. Yeah, it, it, there's all, not all of, a lot of <clears throat> Well, and to be fair, I mean, we kind of just started. We also had to pause for a while, but uh, that's true. That's true. That also means that pause. That means everything will be different. We just haven't seen it take hold yet. But you look at Ott's anime, dude, it looks nothing like teens anime. Like, I don't think I was able to appreciate it until having this much distance from it. But like, what was what was an anime that came out in the odds? I mean, Gurren Lagan. Oh yeah, there's that. If you go back to Gurren Lagan right now, well, maybe this won't be as effective because we've probably watched it more recently than maybe yeah, something Gurren else. Yeah, Gurren Lagan kind of exists in a timeless, uh, amorphous <laughs> blob for me. It so. exists in my heart. <laughs> Is where it exists. Uh, how about let's see? Well, I mean, hold on. Let's see. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna do a. a a wide cast net and do 2005 anime. I have to say this is uh, where I think I have the least. No, I can't say that because I definitely have the least experience with eighties anime proper. Oh man. Blood plus. Oh, Samurai Champloo. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, right. Samurai Champloo right. also is okay. So Samurai Champloo was made by an auteur at that point. Mm, like okay. that's that's uh watanabe really having his own style but maybe hey maybe the aughts are sort of defined by that but then you look at naruto naruto started in 99 uh and let's see yeah so and, and that's the manga so the original source started in 99 okay. uh when did the the anime ran from 2002 to 2007 the original anime okay yeah that's an aughts anime for sure. Yeah. Naruto, like Shippuden, doesn't even look like original Naruto. Oh, Burst Angel came out in 2004. <laughs> hey, that's a great example, actually. <laughs> that is a great example. Because that is, that is not, yeah, that is not the 90s. Things were <laughs> definitely different by then. <clears throat> okay, anyway, Lord. that's a massive digression. Let's get back on task. Uh... <laughs> So, okay, how do you feel about the way the action is directed in Saint Seiya? Um, it's very basic and very, uh, let's see, uh, what's the, the retaliation focused? Um, reactionary? Yeah, reactionary. I guess that's the better word for it. Uh, is that the you word know, for like, it? I'm trying to think of, because people, uh, this was a criticism people started having. Uh, like it was a trendy criticism to have around like, I don't know, 2014 people started criticizing bland protagonists as just being reactionary. Like they just existed until things happened to them and they never like take charge. Then no, that's not, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is like the, I mean, we've, we've talked about this before in anime, but the, um, the like, 
uh, oh, well, I'm going to use my special move. Well, I have this special move. It's not quite like that. There's no like special moves. <clears throat> and like, obviously, the main character is going through a struggle. Uh, but like with the, the so, bear cloth, dude. Yeah, um, you're kind of describing um, like you call it the bear claw, dude. That made me hungry. Um, <laughs> but it, you're kind of describing what Jojo becomes. Yes. Okay. Jojo goes from the sort of this is a mysterious threat to, you know, <laughs> Jojo now has powers that counter vampires, but you don't see them <laughs> until the minute he's using them. Mm hmm. And the thing about later Jojo is that it makes that work and it perfects it. It was kind of like this is a criticism. But then uh, Araki was just like, oh, yeah, this is the whole reason you're watching now. <laughs> like uh, the deus ex machina was mastered <laughs> in Jojo where it's like, <laughs> I don't know what the hero knows. And that's what makes me excited. Whereas normally, you know what the hero has and what he knows. And all of the surprises come from the villain. It's the opposite in Jojo. It's like, you know, everything, you know, all of the villains tools, but it's what Jojo is going to do next <laughs> that you're just like, what happens now? But, yeah, I uh, don't feel I don't feel like anything is not earned, especially since we're just meeting these characters. I don't feel like anything in these first three episodes was not earned, uh, but it does feel like that is going to be a little bit of a I mean, that's a that's a trend in anime in general, but a trope. Uh, yeah, trope. I hate how much that term has been devalued. Yes. By YouTube critics. Also, that one website, TV Tropes. Oh, yeah, that too. It sucks yeah. because that it was kind of fun when that first became a thing. Yeah, it was that, kind of fun term... to see all the things that were like, oh, hey, that's kind of similar. That was kind of, you know, before I knew anything. That was when I was like really stupid where I was like, huh, look how unoriginal everything is. And then, you know, before staring into the void and being like, there is nothing new. Everything is a remix. I remember I remember using TV tropes on Gurren Lagann to try and find what yes. the, the belt punch was to see if I could find it in more things. Right. <laughs> no, I, well, I, I went to the Gurren Lagann TV tropes to find other things like Gurren Lagann. I was like, why right, is there yeah, nothing else? What, why is it the only what one? I'm saying. <laughs> why did anime make one good show and then quit? I don't get it. <laughs> it's been like it's been like 10 years. <laughs> it's been way more than that now. But at the time I was like, where, where, where? how dare this be unique? <laughs> but uh, yeah, the thing that I see happening with the tournament arc right mm -hmm. now, it feels like the first, it feels like the pilots or not pilot. It feels like the first season of a pro wrestling show. Where in the WWF or the WWE or like at the time you had ECW and you had uh, WCW, like they all got to like when I was watching them, at least it was not in the beginning. It was it was like long after they already had established heels and faces. And, you know, when someone came on camera and the crowd was freaking out, I was like, oh, who's this? He must be popular. Like that was my experience with it. Gotcha. But when there's been like new indie stuff that's happened lately, like uh, AEW and Lucha Underground, I'm getting to see the season one and I'm like, oh, this is that bit I've never seen where you're trying to get 
every wrestler over. And, and getting over means you've like... I hate how esoteric all the terminology for pro wrestling is. It's so strange because it's like this is such a like... I guess for lack of a better term, it's such blue collar entertainment, but it's so yeah. esoteric when you try to talk about it. It's very accessible, but very dense. Yeah, it's like you're staring at <laughs> you're st- <laughs> you're staring at an iceberg that is made of shaved ice. It's like <laughs> this is a carnival treat that you will never finish. <laughs> That is a perfect explanation. <laughs> that came to me like a light from heaven. But um Yeah, so so getting over is almost like you're you're selling the character to the audience. And and once you're over, like now it's like, okay, now you're kind of now you have a job. And okay, now so you you're, have you're an getting arc. over the hurdle. You're you're getting over yes. the, the hump. You're 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 getting momentum. Okay. That makes right, sense. Right, because because what you'll do if you don't get over is okay uh, uh back to the drawing board like you'll get you'll get Rewritten. some defeats yeah it's like you'll maybe get uh you'll maybe become a totally different character and you know with like a different mask and a different gimmick and stuff but you know the the wrestler's still there if the wrestler never quite gets over then you know he might he might end up not having a job there anymore but if you get over as a heel or a face or just some gimmick works and you're getting the pops from the crowd. And now when you now when you're in a match, a lot of people tune in. It's like that's when you've gotten over. Mm-hmm. This feels like the the first season of a wrestling show where we're trying to sell you on every single wrestler involved. We literally can't afford to have any jabronis yet because a jabroni is someone that just comes in to lose. Like he's like, ah, look at this loser. He's going to get dunked on by the hero. We don't have any of those yet. Okay. Like, or well, that was the, the Greek guy. But the tournament yeah. arc is we're trying to sell you on everyone because they're all in the intro. So it's it's like this is a tournament of all of the main characters at this point. Yeah, like, maybe. The, so it's it's interesting that you feel that way, because like I uh, I actually don't feel like I they're like I don't feel like they're trying to sell me on every character because like the. um the the serpent guy name the the hydra guy yeah yeah hydra guy i i was like mainly because like i don't i don't think that his design screams i'm one of the main characters oh yeah he's got (laughs) sunken eyes and stuff yeah like black eyes and then his his armor isn't even shiny come on i mean kind of is but i don't think i noticed that yeah Mm -hmm. but it's just like I don't know. I, I I feel like there's like half of the team is going to be throwaway, and then the people who win in this first round of the tournament uh, is is they're they're going to be like the main main characters. Mm, okay. At well, least he that is was in the, the intro, feeling though. I was getting. He's in there in like the lineup when they're panning over all the saints, and he's doing yeah. a pose and stuff. I, I think maybe I he's just true. ugly. He's just he's not one of the attractive saints. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's he's, also he's kind of gross. How how do you be like, you know, the 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 handsome heroic type if you got stuck with Hydra? It's like you got one of the you got one of the bad guys. Right. Also, and, uh, like you can't really be looking like a good guy when you got black eyes. 
Yeah, when you got totally blacked out eyes, it's like your eye. <laughs> there is no white of your eyes. It's like, no, nah, that's you. I'm K. Okay. I don't trust you. <laughs> like, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust you to watch my dog. You got black eyes and you're named after a monster. Yeah, I'm not really uh, keen on <laughs> trusting you. <laughs> also, uh, the progression of that fight was him very much like having one scheme after another. Like he he doesn't feel like he fights honorably, like he's relying on poison and stuff like that. Right. And then Hyoga's way of defeating him is just being awesome. Like he's just my body radiates it, like it's so cold that no poison gets through. And it's like what? he beat him. He beat him by being cool. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how Hyoga wins. He was too cool to be harmed by poison. It was kind of like the finale of a uh, Guilty Gear XX Accent Core Plus was uh, good. Lord, the, <laughs> the way that soul beats Aino is uh she goes back in time and like erases him from existence but in present day like he starts to fade away you know like you do in time travel but then he just comes back <laughs> and she's like what how and he's like i've willed myself into existence <laughs> <laughs> and it's like wow <laughs> i think that means you're immortal <laughs> <laughs> It's like you've taken a mortal wound and it's like, I don't feel like dying. And it just heals immediately. Uh, all right. All right. That's some oh, spiral okay. power right there. <laughs> but yeah. Um, <sighs> so, so speaking about the whole genre of belt, I don't think I've seen enough to know that it has anything to do with that because it also it feels like it already has its own thing. Yeah, I, I do think that there's elements of it, especially with the um, the creating the Big Bang in the universe that is within you. Uh, I think that there's definitely a belt element in there, like especially yes. when it comes to potential. Uh, but <clears throat> so something I've also noticed is we don't know what the villain is. And remember, the villain does a lot to define yes. the genre of belt. Yes. Uh, belt stories tend to be quite revolutionary. Where yeah, it's like there, there has to be an, an oppressive force or a suppressive force. Um governing yeah. over and also humanity bad yes H humans bad and like uh i am different from humans mm -hmm. or i i am human and therefore i know why they are bad but that uh, i i am free from from their problems <laughs> they're not for me right i don't sin like they do <laughs> that's what uh, the genre of belt tends to go down as far as the villain. I don't see this as being revolutionary. I see this very much as him earning the right to participate in an established system. Yeah. And just going off of how long this has been going and the fact that the new shows look to have a similar structure <laughs> where it's, it's very uh, power Rangers where it's like, the Red Ranger exists regardless of who is being the Red Ranger. Right. It's like there's always going to be a Red Ranger and the Red Ranger almost like you have to earn that. That's yeah. what uh, this reminds me of. So it, there's no revolution. It's almost like. A, it, it's a journey to become like one of the greats. 
That's what it feels like. Yeah. But what's funny is that it seems like this this is only the second generation. Say say is about the second generation. So it's kind of it's less ingrained than something like Naruto, which you know when you get to Naruto, it's like oh we're on the third Hokage, and that's only because the fourth one died. And it's like oh this is an old world that we're existing in. Yeah. Whereas uh, Saint Seiya, it, it kind of feels like there were the saints in the ancient times, but we're just now bringing together the rest of them. And it yeah, and makes it, me think, I'm like, wait, who is the villain? Why is this yeah, happening like, now? Like, yeah, like what's what's the point for reawakening the, the saints now? So. I'm sure we'll get there because you get, you know, like, uh, <clears throat> what's her face? Athena? Mm-hmm. Was that Athena? The chick with the purple hair? Oh, no, no, that's not Athena. Um, I can't remember her name, but she seems like she knows something. And, you know, yeah. th- it seems like they're conducting this tournament to try and, like, make sure they're ready for something that's coming. And we just don't know what's coming yet. They have they've hardly even foreshadowed what's coming. But so, the fact that this is like 115 episodes tells me that we either have more than one villain or this villain is they can take their time introducing him because we're going to we're going to be, be with them for a while. So one the uh, the friend that does the uh, the fan fiction thing, he's actually the one that uh, that inter- I say introduced me. I was like, all right, you can enjoy that show because <laughs> the way that he described it was not very good. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna message him and ask him like if there's a central arc or central like villain to see if we can kind of gauge our involvement in the show. What do you mean gauge our involvement? Or gauge our gauge our viewership. I still don't know what you're talking about. Like if we want to continue watching. <laughs> oh, I want to continue watching. It oh, yeah. Yeah. But it. I mean, like focus. Yeah. OK. Yeah. No, no. no. Uh, yeah. We definitely should avoid speculation since it's an old show and this yeah. is already known. Just talk about what we saw. I think I'm enjoying it. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely enjoying it. The the. If nothing more than just the nostalgia and like a window into 80s anime like that's it's just awesome. It's perfect. It's quintessential. Yeah. And and also just the lack of. The lack of irony. Mm-hmm. Like there's not an ironic bone in its body. It's very I, genuine. Yeah. I almost want to see it's like when did that happen? Like, when did everything become ironic? Because I'm not I'm not convinced something like Cowboy Bebop is ironic. Cowboy Bebop is tragic. Yes. And, and the the tragic the tragedy isn't it's not funny. Mm-mm. Like. The, the kind of uh, uh, what's that feeling? It's very melancholic. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's not melancholy that's kind of gotten cheaply. And it actually means something. But stuff that happens today. Or things that come out today. Almost everything is a joke. Yeah, almost. I mean, and and much less so in anime, much less so from Japanese stuff. I feel like this is me projecting, you know, uh, American film and, and TV. Of the modern day to. Yeah. uh anime but but the thing was anime and american film maybe that's another thing where it's like this looks like western stuff from that era western stuff from that era wasn't ironic like he-man wasn't ironic right like 
Yeah, I'm wondering. That, I'm wondering if the ironic stuff came in. I mean, you and I talk about how we we dislike subversive media and and all that. I wonder if it came in kind of around the same time. I the thing is, I feel like subversive media has its place, but it isn't in the majority. Like it can't be in the majority. Otherwise, yeah. it doesn't work. When it's the only thing you're seeing, it's not subversive anymore. Right. Like now you've forced the subversion to be the honest, unironic thing. And that's also not where that belongs. Right. That doesn't belong in the, you know, the the fringes. It doesn't belong in the kick asses and the Scott Pilgrims. Yeah. Which is where it, you end up finding it. <laughs> like the fact that Scott Pilgrim has one of the most honest and genuine uh, messages at the end. <laughs> the movie's great, but that's a mockery of its right. peers. Like the fact that its peers are settling for this goofy mess that is like full on comedy having like a, a a genuine message of take care of yourself first. Yeah. And <laughs> like, of be honest to yourself and be responsible for your actions. Yeah. Also, dude, don't date high schoolers. You're a freaking adult. Yeah. Like, uh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't. All right. Now nah, you're you're a grown up now. Scott Pilgrim was dating a high schooler. I like how that's just like. It starts with that, and it's like the hero's oh. a loser, <laughs> <laughs> and like she's like enamored with him, and it's like, yeah, it's because you're 23. Like you would look <laughs> impressive to a teenager. Gosh. I'm just having flashbacks to all the like memories of the girls in high school who were dating like guys that were much older. And now I'm like, oh. those guys are losers. Yeah. You, you look at them in <laughs> retrospect and it's like, Oh, they were all like kind of wiry and like had face tattoos or something. Right. Right. Like, they were like, in a they, band. Well, it didn't do very well, <laughs> but it wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> it was like they, they were technically a musician, but <laughs> they weren't like going anywhere. Musician they, like, by definition alone. Yeah, like no meat on their bones or a lot of too much meat on their bones. <laughs> it was always like, yeah, they they probably couldn't get a girl that could that, that can legally drink. Like right. because that girl probably would look at him like, ew. <laughs> or she would need to legally drink to be with them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, God, what were we talking? Oh yeah, I was just talking about how Saint Seiya it's uh I don't know if it's a gradient the way that like irony crept in or something, but mm -hmm. it feels like the stuff from the eighties, not things that are a send up to the eighties, but things that were made in the eighties. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say that aren't like hyper violent things like uh, Terminator, Robocop, alien, because those definitely have the irony there. I didn't right. even think about that. Um, Robocop in particular is yeah. really strong there and it was almost yeah. like it was it was defiant like it was like i mean you know it was the whole thing about you know police brutality and all that but uh <laughs> right that small thing yeah but but you look at other things that were like i guess the rule rather than the exception for the 80s mm -hmm. it's just 
it's non-existent. Like there's no trace of it at this yeah. point, at least not in Western media. I mean, when I think about my hero, that seems very genuine. Yeah. Like there's very little irony in my hair. Well, but I say very little, but the, but there is some like, yeah, there's the some, whole... especially when it comes to like some superpowers that you see or. Well, also, well, also all might. And the way that he's like, he's literally puffed up early yeah. on. And it's like, this is a lie you're having to sell the people. So it's like the irony is that, oh, this is what he really looks like. But yeah. it doesn't. It, that's not the end message. Right. The end message is it's because he's been doing this for so long and there's still no one to take his place. So it's like, so we really need you to take his place. You have to become what he was then. But uh, yeah, and that's a, you know, that's not a subversive story. <clears throat> right. But it does kind of highlight something, actually. It is, it is, ooh, it just occurred to me. <laughs> it, it is kind of like All Might is the superhero from the 80s and 90s. And he's still having to do this job. And he's ooh. like mortally wounded. Like he can't do this for much longer, but no one's replacing him. Yeah. The then not irony at all, like, like the, the very meaningful real world uh, scenario that is now playing out is that my hero is replacing things like the X-Men from the nineties, yeah. like things that have reigned for that long. And then like, now you look at the, the sales of like the manga, my hero is destroying American superhero comics. And it's like, re it's, I, I think, uh, like if we're just looking at superhero stuff, but like one piece has crushed the nineties the Renaissance of mm -hmm. American comics by itself. And then, you know, you've got uh demon slayer, uh, my hero. What's, what's the other one that's really popular right now that we're obviously not watching or paying attention to. Um, I'm there's another one. I can't, I, know, I can't know which uh, one it is, but Jujutsu Kaisen. I don't know what the um... that's also been extremely popular. That's more recent, though. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's also been extremely popular. Although I don't Way know what the state of the manga America. is. Did the guy catch back up? Oh, I have no idea. I actually haven't checked in on that. I should. But uh, yeah, he got sick. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> I was going to say it's, it's fitting that my hero is succeeding that. It is becoming yeah. that thing that kids actually want to read. I, I saw a video the other day where this uh, dad was talking about the ways his uh, his different ages of kids have been watching TV. Mm -hmm. And he's like, the the oldest two, which are don't really watch cartoons anymore, but like they were watching cartoons like glued to the screen when like uh, Adventure Time and regular mm. show were on mm -hmm. like they were glued to it. But now he's like his youngest. He'll put on Cartoon Network and it's almost always just Teen Titans go. The yeah. kid just plays on the tablet. Yep. And the tablet was around when Adventure Time was around. Yep. So that's why I like how those are so close together. 
it, like that example is like, yeah, um, this this was a very recent break. It may have been gradual in the grand scheme, but very recently, American entertainment got really bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is uh, kind of why it's so easy to just focus on anime. But, you know. Yeah, there's not a lot good coming out. And when it is, it's uh, invincible and it's not a um, not a good representation of the source material. Yeah, <laughs> it's also, like I said, drenched in irony. Yeah. Although I wouldn't say that the source material doesn't have a lot of that because the source material is there's a lot of elements of parody. It's like, mm. this is the parody version of this character. Gotcha. So <clears throat> it's nowhere near as near as bad as the things that came after though. Oh yeah. So I don't have much to say or much else to say about Saint Say. Do you have any, anything else? Nah, uh, I think we can get my thoughts on eat man. Yeah. Yeah. Which, what what do uh, you think? <laughs> So this is this is related to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, where it feels like it feels like Eat Man could just have more episodes forever. Like you did you watched all three? Yeah, yeah. They're very episodic. It's, there was no real tie between them except for <laughs> Eat Man himself. Yeah, but there's also a clear structure. there's uh all three of the first episodes are extremely similar yes it's eat man is some weirdo that is that ends up on the same journey as a woman Mm -hmm. or i guess the first two are like this and eat man being different from the other men is what makes him the hero and it's like the contrast between him and what other male characters are in the story is what makes him heroic versus what they are. You're forgetting something very crucial about the structure. Okay. At the very end of the episode, he destroys something with Big Gun. That's also true. <laughs> I didn't think about that. And it's been a different gun every time. The first one, I loved that. Yes. Where it was almost out of his own curiosity. He did that. Like he questions about it and he's like, oh, you can see those. And I was like, gosh, that. Oh, by the way, my pop off for -hmm. the first episode was this is extremely creative. These backgrounds are beautiful. Like the the atmosphere. I I love the atmosphere. Like, it's no it's no mystery that I'm I'm marking out over a lot of the aesthetic elements of this. Yeah, in rewatching it on Crunchyroll with actual good, uh, good subtitles, it removed the "this is really stupid" feeling for me. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> because like the subtitles really just ruined it. It like made everything really dumb. <laughs> so, well, that's unfortunate because that means. That was a lot of people's first impression. Right. They were probably stuck with that for at least a decade or two. And like the um, they kept the, uh, of the many things that they kept mistranslating. Um, they didn't use the word mercenary. They used the word explorer. So I was like, what? <laughs> I was really confused. So 
Yeah. You think maybe they got Explorer from the flashback scene that that lady gives? I I have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, no, especially when when she was like, I'm not a hitman, I'm an explorer. And the, the, the dude behind the bar was like, it's the same thing. I'm like, what? Yeah, no. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, that's uh, that makes no sense. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, thank goodness for good subtitles. Yeah. Good translations. Yeah, it has really upped the uh, the quality of the show. Or restored, uh, I, rather. I will say this is another example of they're not explaining why each man is the way he is. He simply is that way. And then they're writing stories around that. Yes. Uh, also, uh, the th- this may come as a surprise, but the third episode was my favorite. Oh, I am. I am actually surprised by that. That one, like, pulled me in. <clears throat> huh. The other two were very like reliably, yay, this is cool and this is fun. Yeah. But but the third one was like, okay, this is weird. Like what gives this what gives this show the right to be so weird? Yeah. And it was like genuinely like I, I, I was getting involved in like the mystery of what was happening. Also, the fact that curses are real in this sci fi universe. And, and ghosts are real, yeah. Yes. And it was kind of just like I mean, yeah, what are you talking about? Of course they're real. It was very matter of fact about it. So much so that a dude was trying to test the painting to like extract the curse and is like, oh, so curses are not just real, but they are scientifically measurable and and, like (laughs) replicatable. (laughs) I'm I'm not sure if it's scientifically measurable, but maybe it was um, alchemically measurable. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Because they very much felt like alchemists. It's like <laughs> this is the this is where science and uh, magic are kind of right around the same. Right. <clears throat> also, I mean, Eat Man eats metal, and we don't get a scientific explanation from for that. So I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> That's true. Like, where do where do the guns come from? Are we just assuming it's scientific because there's a flash of light? Are we stupid? <laughs> they, there's a there's a lot of stuff on like uh, retroactively. It's like, am I the idiot? <laughs> I probably should have already thought there was, you know, a little more than the obvious going on here. I think just because it's based in the future, whatever that means, we just assume that, oh, well, since there's no magic now, there's definitely no magic in the future. But uh right. Are we so sure there isn't magic now? I guess that's another rabbit hole. I shouldn't go down. We won't have time for that. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I am enjoying it. However, it's clearly very episodic and yes. not going to give us as much. Well, maybe I don't know. I feel like there Trigun, is a lot. Trigun started out pretty episodic as well. That's true. Maybe we should stick with it. Yeah. Yeah, we may as well stick with it and see what see what happens. It's only thirteen episodes for the first season. Then there's um, Eep Man ninety eight. I thought it was twelve. Uh, I thought I remember seeing thirteen. I might be thinking of something else. If it's thirteen, then I mean that's okay. I mean that's fine. It's just it doesn't 
very comfortably right. fit into the three episode thing that I wanted it to. Yeah, if, but, if, if nothing else, we'll just watch four for the last episode or something. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, unless it turns into continuity, in which case, maybe we'll have more to talk about per episode. However, I don't know. I think the episodic thing gives me more to talk about because I don't have to worry about speculation. And I got a full story, so I can just talk about that. That's true. Like the second one, we didn't talk about it hardly at all, but I thought it was really good. It was like interesting, and I liked the conflicts therein. I liked how uh, Ant-Man scene, or not Ant-Man, wow. (laughs) It's it's the font. It's the font that made me think Ant-Man. There are 12 episodes. Okay. So, like in the second episode, Eat-Man... contrasted against the major mm-hmm. like he he's not possessed by anything yeah whereas the major is possessed by this ambition the ambition becoming counterproductive and that he's willing to sacrifice his life for his ambition and it's like what like if you have ambition and you aren't selfish enough to try to survive it's like all right you're star screen but you die in episode one right it's like you you can't you aren't even good at being star scream but like uh the contrast being eat man was very much focused on protecting her keeping her alive mm-hmm. but you could tell he like he had something in common with whatever was there first of all it ate metal right but second of all like he was kind of this strange thing lurking around like his like his like glowing goggles or whatever kind of freaked her out in the dark. Yeah. And also the 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 philosophical talk about like if you're created by man, like the questions that you may ask yourself, like where do you come from and do, would you find out where you come from? Oh, yeah. You could just know that. And how would that change? Yeah. Whereas like humans, literally every human has to take that specific question and like choose an answer and go with it on faith. Yeah. And to not answer is still to answer. Right. Like you have to go. You have to trust some other source. You can't know for yourself. Right. It's like you have to you have to get it from somewhere else. And and yes, that includes the scientific one because it's like okay, you weren't there. Also, you're not the scientist. Also, one scientist, it, like they don't know all of the myth, all, all of the stuff. They don't, haven't run all of the experiments themselves. So right, it's all going on faith. Whereas if you were man-made and you were just you just saw, this is how we made you. This is where you came from. That'd be completely different. Is E-Man supposed to be a cyborg? I don't know. I do think That's, that a lot of his reaction shots are very robotic. <laughs> yeah, but he also just kind of comes off as a little. I don't know. Metal. He's it, metal. <laughs> no, he, he, he comes off as a little simple sometimes. Mm. But then little, other times little, he comes off as pensive. His little like crescent moon smile that cracks every <laughs> now and again that's funny <laughs> it's weirdly innocent yes it is very 
Yeah, it, it's kind of like a situation where he's sort of a Frankenstein mm-hmm. character, where it's like he has this this uh, horrific origin that he knows and understands, but he he also is very innocent, like a child. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I want to watch more of it. Yeah, there could be. I'm some. interested. There could be some here, and also it's it could be just enjoyable. I'm down with sticking to it. It also, uh, it came out in the late nineties. It feels very much like the nineties. Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't feel like the sort of the, uh, um, the backwash of the eighties is in there at all. Right. No, <clears throat> especially like in terms of the way the sound, like the soundscape. Yes. It's, it's very, uh, What's the word? Not low key. Well, maybe I do mean low key, but low key's lighting. I I I hesitate to use that to describe audio. Feels like I should be <laughs> smacked. <laughs> but like, uh, like a lot of shots that just hold and have really subtle, minimalistic. It's mm. very minimalistic. Yeah. Like the choice of the score, like. Also, the end of episode two and three, like they knew when to just let the music do the work. Yeah, it, there's like they, there's definitely a lot of things in here that are maybe maybe the reason that I'm enjoying it is because of, of the way that it reminds me of Trigun. But there's a lot of similarities between it and Trigun. Yeah, stylistically, mm-hmm. like like what I just said when it's willing to just let the music do the work right like i'm thinking of the, the uh, right now i'm thinking of the uh I, I the the score that it plays the little um like flute almost thing yeah but then there's trigun. also there's also times where there's no dialogue in trigun and you just get a little bit of a a little a little steel guitar yeah and that's that's all you're going with and it's just like ooh. Like you can let it do the heavy lifting when it's that strong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, probably not going to be as good as Trigon. Yeah, probably. Not. But it seems like it's something totally different. So, yeah. Also, I, I knew nothing about it until you brought it up. So I'm like, what is this? It's, it's so strange. I want to look at that. But man, that poster. <laughs> yeah looks nothing like it it's so weird it's it's so bluish and clean yeah and and daylit yeah this show's very dim it's yeah. very darkly lit yeah uh e- even the scenes in the desert in the third episode were like behind a lot of shade yeah but yeah anyway uh for next week what are we gonna watch did we want to maybe watch zoids yeah we can do that Okay, I've I've been First, wanting to get into Zoids ever since I like remembered it from those yeah. weekday morning <laughs> cartoons. Yeah, I mean you'll you'll watch this one and it'll come back to you pretty fast. All right, it's All like right. the sort of the what what would you call that? Like back in the day, like just having to watch things when it was on, mm. like you couldn't catch it after the fact, so everything was very fleeting, and therefore every minute had to be able to get your attention. 
it's like when you're flipping through channels and it's like, ah, this is, this will be over in like 10 minutes. I won't be able to get the whole thing, but what's going on here. And then it's like the whole episode, there's something happening. Yeah. The whole time. That's, that's no, that's very much of its time. I love, I, I wish that I I wish that elements of cable TV would come back. (laughs) Me too. Isn't it kind of a monkey's paw? Yes. It's like there's a lot of stuff I liked from that in retrospect. Man, aren't we going uh, however, into another cable war right now? It is weird. Yeah, I mean it's basically the same thing. Yeah. I don't think we ever stopped having the cable war because first it was uh cable network versus cable network and then it was cable versus streaming and now it's streaming network versus streaming network. Like it's, it never stopped. And there's 15 billion streaming networks and they're all 5.99 <laughs> plus. There's only one if you have a VPN. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I will say for Zoids, you should probably watch the sub. OK, I feel like you would not like the dub because it's it has that exact same feeling that uh, season one of Fully Cooly has. Also, it's Canadian. So they say some words wrong for no reason. I guess they think being from a different country means Gross. it's okay to talk incorrectly. So <laughs> like they they there are some words that they really like saying incorrectly repeatedly too. Shout it's out. like, ew, stop. It's like you get one, but then you have to stop having an accent. Shout out to all the Canadian listeners. You got too much French influence. Stop it. I think they have too much Canadian influence. <laughs> It's like, at least the French don't speak English. <laughs> oh, I'm a francophone. Oh, okay. I'm a human, you stupid idiot. What is that francophone? Is that what Dave Franco calls his phone when he's sending creepy text messages to the actresses that work for him? Yikes. Anyway. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> anyway, I saw my miss from cable TV. Back when everyone in Hollywood wasn't a monster that I knew of. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, uh, Licksmith surprise. See y'all next week. Uh, killing people's bad. Yeah. I don't have anything else to add. I was thinking maybe there's something else to try to give myself a beat. There was nothing. Yeah, here's <laughs> here. Here's a beat for you. <laughs> Come out and move
Sai 